Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Good morning, everyone. The leaf blowers are going again next door. My next door neighbor is addicted to this. I don't know. I'm not sure if he, my theory is maybe he's paying like a construct, like a company to come every week and they have to do something. Um, I just can't imagine what could possibly be left after the whole winter of no leaves and the spring of no leaves. And But they're blowing again. I don't get it. Grass clipping and stuff. It does seem a little early for for that, but every week, every uh, yeah, every day we do the podcast, it's always in the background. So, hi everyone. You know, I bought I bought a really cool thing that that is a little vacuum cleaner for uh, like the garage, and it's it's just like you push it along like a little lawnmower, but it's a vacuum cleaner with brushes and stuff, and you can vacuum your garage floor. And I assume I could probably do my driveway with it. Maybe I'll use that instead. Does it suck, Joe? It does. It really sucks. I remember this is probably for another podcast, but when I was growing up, we had one of those. It was so cool. It was like a big hamper with a big brush. And that was how we got our leaves gathered. Did you ever see those? Yeah. It's like a big push camp. It looks like a big stroller made out of canvas and it has a giant brush and it is the most effective leaf picker upper I've ever seen. And it makes, you know, it's all manual, makes no noise. And as kids, we, you know, we would gather leaves and jump in them. And it was really, it's really pretty cool. You'd bring that back. Yeah. There's absolutely no noise. So, but of course this is a podcast, so we have to have noise. Yeah. So I'm going to introduce us all at the controls as usual. Bill Sutton. Hey, Bill. Good morning, Annette. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. And also here this week is Brendan J. O'Reilly. Hey, Brendan. What's up? Hey, I'm Brendan. I'm the features editor. And Joe Shaw's here. How's he often? How you doing? Joe Shaw, executive editor of the Express News Group. And I'm Annette Hinkle, and I am the Arts and Living Editor at the Express News Group. And also joining us this week is Kitty Merrill. And Kitty is our reporter, and she also does a lot of cop stuff. So this week, we're going to do a lot of cop talk, shop cop talk, cop shop talk, whatever you call it. <laughs> um, and and uh, say hi, Kitty. How you doing? Oh, 10-4, Annette. Oh, my <laughs> oh <God>. nice. <laughs> Isn't that a CB radio thing? But I guess cops well, the, the CB theory. people got it from the cops, I do believe. Yeah. Do CB yeah. radios even exist anymore? Do people use those? I, I think so, yes. I think so, yes. Yeah. yeah, they're using them in the trucks. But yes, and I'm, I'm covering police for the western side of our coverage area, Southampton town. We thought what would be interesting to talk about today is something that's been in your reporting recently, Kitty, and that is the plethora of fake unemployment claims that have been inundating not only the town, but I guess the state. Is, is that right? Yes. Uh, um, in February, as of February, the state had um, identified and thwarted 425,000 fake claims for unemployment. And, um, you know, due to the pandemic in, in 11 months, the state um, 
I guess you call it, administered, they paid out over $65 billion to more than 4 million New Yorkers. And that's the same amount that they pay out usually over 30 years. So there've been so many people, so many people getting it le legitimately, but also because um, the Department of Labor is just so incredibly overwhelmed, there's an, an awful lot of people also fraudulently filing for them. So is it because do you think they, because they try to make things a little easier that that made it also easier for the scam people, absolutely, absolutely. The fact that the fact that um, they streamlined the application process, that it was all online. There's no faces, you know. There's no faces involved. Um, lawmaker, law enforcers totally believe that that's one of the reasons why it's been so easy for this. Or there, there's so many of these, and you got to think like Southampton. Um, as of uh, last month, Southampton was investigating 100 cases. They get them almost every day, uh, daily reports of people in one way or another. There's a couple of different ways that it goes down, but they, they've been um, looking at those. If there's been 100 in just, in just little old Southampton town, and that's 100 reported to the police, because sometimes if you get a, um, you know, some people may get the letter in the mail or get some kind of and go directly to the department of labor as opposed to the police so there's a hundred reported to the police in the town of southampton and, and who knows how many are, are are undiscovered at this point how many people don't even know that somebody's collecting money in their name exactly exactly and there are people who the way they find out that somebody's already collected is when they try to go and collect that's kind of a similar thing they do with the tax returns. Like if you, they always tell you to file your tax returns earlier so a scam artist doesn't get your return. But that's what I wondered. Like if, if people have already received unemployment benefits, does that sort of make it impossible for them to be one of the victims of this? I think so, yeah, yeah. If you're getting it, yeah. If you're getting it and there's a second claim in your name, the state's gonna say like, oh, well, you know, that person's social security number or that person's New York state driver's license ID number is already receiving benefits. I think that they are sophisticated enough that they're not gonna, you know, give benefits out three, two or three exactly. times to the same same names and social security number. Or what if you had benefits and you got off unemployment um, and are back at work, but they're trying to reapply like as if you're unemployed again, I wonder. Is there a cap now in, in the pandemic? I mean, I know typically that you can only get so much unemployment for so many weeks, but I'm not sure I if that's changed. I think it's been extended at least through right. September of, of this yeah. year. Um, from the and, there's, and there's the enhanced money too, which I think early on in the pandemic probably drove the, the scammers to this, you know, to these unemployment scams because there was so much extra money to, to be. Well, made. that's what I wonder is like, was this something that, that um, has really picked up the pace like in the last few months or was it really something that began right off the bat? I, I feel like they started seeing, I feel like they started seeing it pretty early on. I'm, I'm trying to remember when I first saw the cases. Yeah, I remember seeing the police reports a year ago. I mean, I don't think it's yeah. I think it's probably grown over time, but I remember seeing it really yeah. early on. Kitty, you, you said there's a couple of different ways this goes down. What can you talk about that? Well, the ways that they get the ways that they get thwarted, let's put it that way. So what happens is um, there's different things. There's people will call the police and tell them, I got a letter from the Department of Labor asking me, you know, asking for additional information for 
uh, benefits, which I never filed for. That's one way. Sometimes people, the victim whose uh, ID is being used only finds out about it because their boss was contacted about the unemployment benefits claim. And another way is people find out about it because the, the benefits, I guess there's a um, card, like a debit card is how the benefits work through, is that the card shows up, meaning it's gone through for all this time, you know, and, and, and that's kind of scary. And what's interesting to me, or, you know, I guess just being cynical, to me, it feels like if there are this many cases that get reported, you got to wonder what's going. It must be that it's such a popular crime, I guess you might call it, that it's such a popular crime. It must be productive. You know, I mean, criminals must succeed at this sure. to a certain extent that they're doing it this much. When will we know how much money the state of New York has lost to fraud? Uh, who knows? Who knows? What we do know is that they, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they have caught um, enough of the the fraudulent claims that would amount to five point five billion dollars in benefits is what they have thwarted. Imagine if that's just the tip of the iceberg, though. Um, yeah. I'm saying, and then what they have paid out. In 11 months, what they paid out, the Department of Labor, was $65 billion altogether. So how much of that $65 billion is real and how much of it is to, to fraud and scammers is, is, is a question mark still. So is this something that's happening across the country? Yes. Yes, it's across the country. That's what the, um, the um, in a release in February, the New York State Labor Commissioner, Roberta Reardon, mentioned that that this is a national problem any idea i wonder where the um where the where a lot of the crimes are originating any thoughts on that well they they seem to think now i had like a little bit of a discussion quote unquote with the chief of police in southampton over is this just one ring or is this a multitude of rings or even just an individual dude sitting at his computer at his house and his feeling was that there was like a big ring creating a network. Um, but do they have any kind of a, um, a way into it so far? Not that he's saying, you know. I thought what was interesting in your article, Kitty, is, is you said that investigators believed that the criminals were using data from yep. breaches in, in years past. And I mean, how many times have we heard that, that this company had a data breach or that company had a data breach and, you know, but, but they thought all that information was safe, but if you had dealings with the company, you should, you know, monitor your credit and all that. So there's all this information out there on the dark web on, on people that, um, that may have been, you know, put out there there years ago, and and now it's it's coming to roost. And they and they, you know, I mean, I think they uh, they can't. That was the other thing that um, Chief Stephen Skrimnicki from the Southampton Town Police said was that they um, they can't find a common denominator in terms of where did people get this information. Mm. So it does seem to be coming from a whole bunch of different directions. And they take that information and one of the things that they can do is 
they'll just set up, you know, they'll set up bank accounts for the Department of Labor will we'll, um, deposit the money. So there's so many, there's kind of opportunities for it to never, for them to never be caught. And they take your information, they file for the benefits, they set up a, um, a phony address, a phony bank account. And when does the person who's being used find out? Maybe when they go to try and file. Maybe never. Or maybe never, exactly. So there's a lot of, you know, they gave out the pretty much those, uh, the classic tips in terms of things not to, you know, don't ever tell anybody over the phone what your social security is, you know, change your, if you have uh, online accounts, always change the passwords on a regular basis, kind of the usual um, tips that are given out to, to avoid uh, being, becoming a victim of scam. It seems like putting your social security number in anything online, mm-hmm. bad, bad. Yeah. 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 So th- there's a couple things I could tell you uh, personally, I have been a victim of data breaches at least four times that I know of. Uh, like I had like a federal job application like a long time ago and years later, they're like, everybody that applied between this year and this year had their personal information exposed. Uh, I was part of the target breach. Do you remember the target breach? And at at least two others, just from companies I've done business with. Then there was the Equifax one that I think everybody got screwed on. Yeah, I think I was in the Equifax. And what happens is as part of their settlements, they offer everybody identity theft protection. So I've gone online and I've claimed identity theft protection with two different services that offer it, but you only get it for like four years. So what do you do if you breach Target? Target gives everybody four years of identity theft monitoring and and protection. Well, wait four years and then use the data. It's not like my social security number changed. They could just sit on that information and use use it whenever. And also this stuff on the dark web gets sold and resold. Somebody bought it a few years ago and then they could just sell it again. And the scammers just hit as many numbers as they can get either doing it manually or they use bots to apply for things. And they just, they just try to get lucky. You know, they might buy 1000 social security numbers and only get a hit on one, but for that one social security number that got them unemployment payments. Hey, that works out for them. You know, that's a great return on their investment. And the other thing about, it's not just your social security number that gets out there. It's anything. So let's say you have my phone number and my address and the make and model of my vehicle. Well, with that information and maybe a couple other things, it's now come to light that you could go to an auto insurance company like Progressive, start to fill out an application for new auto insurance policy, answer some questions that aren't very difficult to answer, and that auto insurance application will then fill in the missing information. Like pulling that missing information from the web somehow. Yeah, like pro- Progressive might use Correct, like yeah. a LexisNexis or, or some kind of a database that has all this information on people to fill in the gaps that... Honestly, if you're applying for ins- if you're applying for insurance, you should just have this information. You know, you, you, if they say, "Oh, well, we'll auto fill out your ID number here, or your address here, or your phone number here," they shouldn't be auto filling anything. They should make you supply that information personally if you're applying. But now it's this huge security breach that we're all paying for. So I was writing the Southampton Police reports uh, while Kitty was on vacation the other week two different people in North Sea 
got fraudulent progressive policies open in their names and their existing insurance policies were canceled. So that's how successful they were. Progressive went and contacted Whoa. the old insurance company and said, hey, they're with us now. And then these people got notices of uh, an insurance change. One of them got a notice of non-payment, we're gonna cancel you. So these people were doubly at risk because now they had no car insurance at all because Progressive allowed their existing car insurance that they wanted and paid for to be canceled. And then it happened again. It happened again in uh, East Hampton this week. So it's happening all over the South Fork. I didn't realize it was related to unemployment insurance fraud until I saw an April 27th column in the Your Money section of the New York Times by Ron Lieber. And he was the one that pointed out that Progressive has opened up this door for scammers to take a little bit of your personal information and get all the information that they need to file for unemployment. So if you have a fake auto insurance uh, policy show up at your house, you then need to contact the Department of Labor and say, I'm sure that somebody is applying for unemployment insurance in my name, and it's not me. Scary stuff. So now, do you think it is that, that they're pursuing the unemployment insurance as well as the phony car insurance? How does the car insurance and the unemployment connect to each other rather than, because we've had, we've had, people over the years, pre-pandemic, where people got phone accounts, cell phone accounts, and canceled out the other people's real cell phone accounts, which was bizarre. I think, I think what Pendon was saying is that by using the progressive autofill um, application, the scammers get information yeah. that they need yes. because the progressive um, form automatically provides them with information they don't yet uh, have, but they need to apply for unemployment, uh, understanding it. Yes, they're not actually buying auto insurance. They're just using it to get your personal information. And Kitty, on the thing that you said about cell phones, if you've ever had your cell phone canceled or somebody switched your cell phone number over to their cell phone, they're doing it possibly because there's going to be your mm -hmm. bank. It says, reset your password. I don't have my password. Oh, well, we're going to send a text to your uh. phone. Well, if somebody else has your phone number, now they reset your banking password and there goes your bank account. And, and kind of tangentially attached to this, I have noticed on my own phone, a whole lot of uptick in those types of scams where you get a text that says, UPS, this is UPS and we failed to, uh, we can't deliver your package, click here. When I haven't, you know, I haven't ordered a package. I'm not expecting a package. And, and everybody has a package coming at every given moment, practically. Well, they, they're very smart in terms of who they claim to be. They say they're UPS. They say they're um, Amazon. They say they're Netflix and we're canceling your account, which I, you know, I mean, I looked at that and I was like, psych, I don't have a Netflix account. But, you know, they, and as soon as you open it up, if you open it up and they, you, you know, you don't want to click on that link, no, you know, to let them in, you know. Well, it's interestingly, um, this is sort of a, a different kind of scam, but I just read that, um, I think it was on like that neighbor's watch site, but a woman that lives right up the street from me had a, a cell phone delivered to her mailbox, um, AT&T, and she didn't order it. So she called AT&T and they said, it's probably a scammer. So hold on to it and we'll come and get it or, you know, or send it back or whatever. Well, the person who had ordered the cell phone and had it delivered to her house was checking her mailbox. And when it wasn't in there, she's, she was home alone one night and this guy was banging on her windows and her doors and trying to get in and she wouldn't answer the door. 
she had to call the cops. She was terrified because whoever this person was, was just using her mailbox to receive, you know, something probably bought with a stolen credit card. Um, so that's another thing that people do. And she was a little nervous about that. And when you become a victim of something like this, you just enter a whole world of hurt. It takes forever to get out of it and to get it dealt with. Yeah. And I, I can't even imagine. I, I really feel for people. And, and the scammers, I think Brendan touched on it. They really just use that whole 1% theory, which is if you throw the net wide enough, and if even if it's a bad scam and it's uh-huh. not a very convincing one, there's 1% of people out there who will fall for it. And that 1% return is enough to justify the other 99% who are smart enough not to click on that link. But um, yeah. It's like the, the, the auto warranty calls that you get four times a day. And it's like, you would think by now that everybody in the world knows that, that those are a scam, but they're, they're obviously getting some return on that. There are some people who hear, Oh no, my warranty's up. I better, you know, I better do that. And I took the call one time just to see what would happen. And they're like, your auto warranty is up. I'm like, oh, on which car? And they're like, well, which car do you have? I'm like, no, you tell me. It's like the student the student loan thing. I haven't had a student loan in 30 years and I'm still getting the, you know, call us immediately about your student loan. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com And also, you know, also sad, too, is you see people who are, you know, we, we do get in the police blotter, people who meet uh, potential romantic uh, partners online and uh, send them money, end up sending them money and then they vanish. The other thing that's coming up this time right around now is the uh, fake rentals. Out here, people are on Craigslist. And, you know, it was funny because we did have one this week where a fellow said that he was, uh, he rented a house, he rented a cottage in North Sea year round for $1,600 a month. Now, for me, that'd be immediate red flag. You can't get a you can't get a little house for sixteen hundred dollars a month. And then he went there, and the person who really legitimately lives there was like, "No, this is not for rent. You lost your money. And by the way, this is not the first time this has happened to this particular property." That is a real problem, right? Oh, yeah. the fake rentals are so bad. Yeah, I had a friend go through that. Oh, you actually know somebody that went through that? Well, it, they didn't get as far as sending money, but they engaged with the person, right? So there was a listing that said, this is for rent. Uh, so sent the email, get an email back. It's like, oh yeah, I'm very interested. And they sent a nice email uh-huh. back. And like the email, as, as they went on, they start to color all this stuff about like, I'm a person of God and like all this stuff to, I guess, make them seem trustworthy. But it says, oh, if you go there and there's a sign that says it's for rent, don't call that company. Um, I'm not using that company anymore. We, we had a falling out. I won't be there to show you the house, but you're allowed to go look at it. So just imagine that there could be somebody online right now telling somebody that they could go to your house and look in the windows to see if they want to rent your house or not. And they say, like, I won't be able to meet you for the key. But once you send the money, I could send you the key. 
but there's also a strategy aspect of what you're saying about the unbelievable auto insurance calls that always come. And even going back to those emails that say like, I'm a prince from Nigeria and, and you need to send me $2,000 so I could send you a million dollars and I found you. Oh, wait, you, he wasn't real? Yeah. Oh, oh but he loved no, me. Sorry. There's actually a strategy of they want to dupe people who are mm. dupable. So they make it sound right. really unbelievable. So when they get somebody on the hook who believes something that's so obviously a scam, that's a person that's going to follow through and send the money. If you send a reasonable email and a reasonable person believes you for a time, and then you start asking for money, that reasonable person will say, this is a scam and they won't send that money. So they start with the people that are gullible. And that's the people they're most likely to get money out of. Low-hanging fruit. Basically. That's really interesting. You've got a criminal mind, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you read the other day that the, now the newest thing is like these fake um, web addresses? Like, you know, instead of getting the return address from a city email that's like, you know, 25,000 characters long. Now they're now it's from Citibank.org, but the A will be Cyrillic instead of... Um, Roman or whatever it normally would be so that like they just use a different a so instead of getting that um that one a you get the yeah. other a in that address and nobody would even miss that you know I, do you guys do this when I get an email from uh one of my institutions that I do have an account with and it says there's an issue um I will hover over the link to see if the link actually goes where it says it's going before yes. I before I ever consider clicking. I would, I, I would never click, even if it looked legitimate. Look, if there's an issue with a bank account or a credit card or a utility, then just go right to their website that, that you have somewhere and log in with your login. And if there's an issue, you're going to find it on that website. Never click a link in, a, in an email. Or ever. walk into the bank. Yeah. Well, yeah. the other thing is like if you're at a gas station and those skimmers have become so big, don't use your debit card at a gas station because if it's a skimmer, they can drain your account really quickly. If you use a credit card, you're only liable for 50 bucks at the most. So um, so I don't I don't use my uh -huh. debit card at, at gas stations anymore mm. for that reason. That's scary. I never knew that. I don't use my debit card anywhere. I don't leave the house, so I don't use it. <laughs> That's scary. The skimmers are scary, and we've had many examples of those being used out here. Um, and now we're going to have a busy summer coming up, so I suspect uh, we'll see more of that happening out here. Yeah, some I don't think some gas stations I don't think even take debit cards anymore because it became such an issue. Hmm. I wonder if the the, uh, the chip makes a difference on that. Does it provide? Yeah, an added I, I, level of I have to say I I can't think of think of receiving any since I've been doing it. So in the last year, I don't remember getting any skimmer. I think the credit card skimmers might only affect the ones that you swipe and not actually affect the chip cards. So that's a good point. And the difference, of course, is that when you use your debit card, you're punching your pin in, which is where you get messed up. Whereas with the credit card, you're only putting in your zip code. The gas station I go to, if you use your debit card, then you're, you're charged the price, you charge the cash, cash yeah. price. If you have a credit card, nice. you're paying five or 10 cents more a gallon. So I use the debit card. But now you've given me pause. So I don't think I'll ever buy gas again. Just be careful. Yeah. Just pay cash, Bill. I never have cash. I am so incredibly tech suspicious. I don't have a debit card. Mm. I don't know how you survive. I do I not have a debit card. Mm -mm. You have a credit card. 
I don't have a PIN number. I've never used an ATM. Wow. So, you know, it's interesting when we've traveled in Europe, um, some, some societies in Europe are so advanced that you can't even buy gas unless you have a, a card with a four digit mm. PIN attached to it, which was the problem. Like, like in Scandinavia, you need, you need gas in the middle of, you know, Norway, you're not going to be able to get gas because it's like they're unmanned gas stations. It's all automated and you can't I'll go to Norway. Kim. Yeah. Well, yeah, one of Norway. these days, I suppose I should get one. One thing I appreciated traveling in Europe is that when you go to a restaurant and you have to pay, they don't take your card and walk away with it, which is always like a crazy thing that we do in America. They bring a scanner to your table. You put your chip in, it prints the receipt right on the scanner for you to sign unless you're signing the screen and you never have somebody handling your credit card. They don't even know what your number is. So you can't just have some scammer go work in a restaurant to collect credit cards all night, never show up at the restaurant again, but drain everybody's wow. accounts. Yeah. I think that they're getting, they're using that more here now. I'm seeing more of the, the table receipt stuff too. Taco Bell does that. When you come to your table to take your order? Only the, only the finest establishments oh. for Bill. <laughs> oh, and from the, on the drive-thru, there's a guy standing outside the drive-thru and when he took the order, he took the order and he, he remoted it into the restaurant and then he wanted my card. And I was like, skeptical. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, that guy didn't work there, yeah, Bill. I, I was skeptical, but it turned out it was legitimate. And he, he processed the card right there, and then I just went and picked up the food. Did he clean your windshield? What about the guys who dress up as valets? <laughs> oh, is that a thing too, Jeff Brendan? <laughs> is that only in movies? Good idea, oh, that's though. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I'll park that Maserati. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how far you'd get, but wow. Tis the season of the scams. I guess this is a good time to talk about this topic. Mm. Yeah. Any other scams that we want to work into this? Well, a lot of them have dried up, uh, maybe because all the scam artists realize how easy it is to do unemployment scams right now. But for a while, remember how people were getting phone calls, including out here on the South Fork, saying, uh, I'm going to come turn your power off or I'm going to come arrest you. They would say, we're the FBI and you have a warrant. Unless you send money right now, we're going to arrest you. And they would ask for something ridiculous. They would ask for a green dot money pack and tell you to go to 7-Eleven and buy this card and read them the pin. And somehow you're, you're going to pay for uh, your LIPA yes. bill or pay for a, to wipe away an arrest warrant by reading off the pin on a green dot money pack. And that, so that makes it completely untraceable. You're never getting that money back. Green dot money pack is not going to reimburse you for that. Um, I don't know if it's because people have become smart to it and that even sometimes 7-Eleven they've been gone through this a number mm. of times. So now if somebody comes in and says, I need $2,000 of green dot money pack and it's some poor elderly person, they say, well, are you sure that's not a scammer that called you? Uh, but that was bad news for a while. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I mean, listeners should know that the IRS does not want a gift card from Target to pay off your debt. <laughs> and the cops are not going to come arrest you. Have you gotten that? Yeah. And, and, and PSE&G is not turning off your lights without sending you a massive amount of letters in the mail and phone calls too, but you know, like real phone calls. Yeah. I just don't understand. Why can't everybody just be cool? Uh, no. Why can't people just be cool and let people live their lives? And just... 
Well, once we redistribute all the wealth, Joe, then then people can be cool. But until now, they... you're going to get all political on it. <laughs> That's it. Okay, let's go distribute the wealth. Share the wealth, my friends. Well, that's the thing. They're not scamming rich people. You know, sometimes they're scamming, scamming the poorest of the poor. They're scamming elderly people on a fixed income saying, uh, you remember this one, right? They'll call up an elderly person and say, this is your grandson. I need money because I got arrested or my car broke down. Those are still happening to get bailed out of jail. With, with yeah, target, those are still, those are still happening. Yeah, there's no Robin Hood. This is where we should probably mention the recent passing of Bernie Madoff, yeah. who absolutely did rip off wealthy people, and including a lot of folks in our uh, in our coverage area. Well, yeah. he wasn't so, Robin Hood either. No, no. But it sounds like he was like uh, up until the day he died, he was trying to justify what he had done to himself, at least, right? But anyway, I, I do have a little bit of of uh, happy unemployment news from today from the. Uh, uh, you know, Wallet Hub, the the survey people, um, they're telling us that the weekly unemployment claims in New York increased by 3.4% compared to the same week in 2019, but that's the smallest increase in the United States. Yeah. And they decreased by 35.5% compared to the same pe- time period last year. Good news. That's great. Yeah. It's the, and it's the fourth biggest decrease in the United States. And we're also hearing there's lots of jobs available on the South Fork at this point. So if you're looking for work and want to get off unemployment. Check out the classified ads on 27east.com and in the Southampton Press and Sag Harbor Express and East Hampton Press. Ooh, ooh. And they one more. They un, The unemployment claims in New York decreased by 85% compared to this exact week last year. Woo. Wow. That must have been finally when they got their system figured out and everybody started actually getting it. That's when the scammers <laughs> that started applying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the scammers are on vacation. That's why they exactly. decreased so much. I'm really pleased to hear, by the way, that, that our classified section is doing well again, which is a good sign. It, it means that the economy is doing well, but that's, that's also good for newspapers in general because classified sections had become um, less less of a moneymaker than they used to be. So this is good news all around. means there's work. So go out and get a job. No excuses. Yes. (laughs) Get off the couch. (laughs) I said as I'm sitting on the couch working. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not talking about me. (laughs) IRS is filing lawsuit against you. To get more information about this case file, please call immediately on our department number 202-470- Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com.
27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.